A question for you. How is life? How's life? Hard. Good. Great. Hugo, how's life? Thumbs up. Renee, how's life? Thumbs up. What do you guys think about when I say that? When I say how's life, it's, a, it's something we, we typically say, right? When we get together, we, we, we see each other, we, we greet each other. And we might say something familiar, something similar to how's life. So what came to your mind? Was it your work life? Was it your family life? Was it your, your physical life, what you're eating or what you're, how you're exercising? Was it your school life? Your love life? What came to mind? For any of us, as I said, how, how's life? Did our shared life together as a church, our life, when I say how's life, did our life as a church come to mind? It, Marie is honest. She says no. Anybody else? Did you think about when I said how's life? A question for you. How's life? Did you think about us? We think about just ourselves, right? And then usually not even our, our full life, but just a, a section of our individual lives. But remember, this is a letter to who? To us. To the church. This is not to me. This is not to you. This is to us. And so, again, as I'm going to continue to remind you, don't just think about you. Think about us. Us as a family. Us as a body. As we consider these words this letter together. Because God's brought us together into His family. Together to worship Him. Together to make a sacrifice through our shared life together. As we're connected in these relationships. As we're connected and walking together. And these family relationships, these sibling relationships with our brothers and sisters, we're sharing this life together. And remember the primary characteristic, the primary virtue that should describe our relationships is what? Love. Love is what should describe these relationships, what should describe our life together. That should be the overwhelming, the, the, the largest, the most prominent virtue of our shared life together. 
We saw last time that we're to be devoted to one another in love. As you look at the beginning of verse 10 in chapter 12 of Romans, we're to be devoted to one another in love. And I just want to be honest. Honest with the word, honest with myself, honest with us. That if we don't choose to participate in this family, if we don't choose to participate in the church, in and through these relationships, loving one another, if we don't choose to do that, then according to this passage, we are choosing not to follow God's good and perfect and pleasing will. His good and perfect and pleasing will involves participating in those relationships, choosing to love, choosing to be devoted to one another in love. And so I'm not asking this morning if you want God's good, perfect, and pleasing will for your life. That's not what I'm asking. I'm asking if, if you are willing, not if you want it, but if you are willing to sacrifice and love in our relationships together as God's word describes are we willing to sacrifice in order to live out his good and pleasing and perfect will for our life that's what this passage is about that's what we're coming back to again and again as we walk through this that has to be what's in our minds as we listen and as we consider and as we seek to then apply this in our life are we willing and so I want to read the passage that we're going to focus on today just two, two verses with this idea of are we willing and so we'll read this together in English and Spanish are we willing to be devoted to one another in love are we willing to honor one another above ourselves are we willing to never be lacking in zeal as we do this are we willing are we willing to keep our spiritual fervor serving the Lord and so I want us to continue to understand this and seek to live this out live out this love in and through our relationships together so from that text we're going to consider the decision to love and then the source of our love so first the decision to love and then the source of love so if you look in the second part of verse 10 you can see this decision to love it says honor one another 
before yourselves. Honor one another before yourselves. And what this is communicating is that we're to each take initiative that we're each to lead in honoring and respecting and dignifying others before ourselves. Each of us are to take the initiative to love the other giving consideration and care for them before ourselves. Each of us. Each of us are to take the lead in doing that. What does that mean? How do, how do all of us, each of us, lead in loving each other? In my mind, in the, the way I understand, like, you know, one person leads, or a small group leads. But this is saying, we're all to lead in this. We're all to initiate this. Each of us. As we share life together. And so what that means is, that we don't wait. We don't wait to love until after we've decided I've been loved by others. We don't wait to love until after we decide well, others deserve to be loved. And we don't wait to love until after we've decided and we're sure, okay, I'm going to be loved in return. Does that make sense? For us all to lead in love, we can't wait. We're not waiting to be loved. We're not waiting for someone else to deserve to be loved. And we're not waiting until we're sure, well, I'll be loved in return. That's how we all lead in loving one another. We don't wait on each other to do it. If we all wait on each other, then what are we going to be doing? Waiting and waiting and waiting I'll only love if you'll love me I'll only love if you deserve to be loved that makes no sense that's not what Paul is telling us here we have to lead in loving each other and that requires a decision a decision to love others before yourself Recognize the order of this type of love. I've been taught in the past, and I think it's an amazing statement, that love is you before me. Love is you before me. And in this passage, in this context, love is us before me. And that's how I want us to recognize and to think about love is you before me, us before me. As we share our lives together. 
Now what I'd want to do right now is to have an exercise where everyone has to line up at the door. Right? Line up for a surprise at the door. But I'm not going to do that because it would be chaos and we're all wearing masks and we don't need to get that close to each other and you guys would probably fight for position trying to get to the door first like kids do in the second grade. Do you guys remember that? Remember experiencing that? The teacher would say, all right, line up the door, right? And then just this immediate where everybody starts to hit each other and bounce each other and push each other out. And then the, everybody's pushing, everybody's pulling, everybody's trying to get to the front of the line, trying to get before someone else. Some of you guys would do that. Depending on what was on the other side of the door, right? I've seen you guys at the grocery store. Right? When you're, I was out yesterday going to store after store after store making, uh, doing errands. And the worst is when you're standing there in line, you've been waiting in line, and there's only two registers open as you're checking out. And they go and they flip open a new line, right? And then all these people rush over there, these people that weren't waiting with you, they get in the front of the line and you're just sitting there like not sure what to do and you're frustrated and upset and they just all got in the front of the line, they didn't have to wait, and they got in front of you. And then you're watching to see whether they're going to check out before me. They get to leave before me. And then you see them in the parking lot and you're angry with them and upset with them that they got in front of you. Anybody relate? I might have felt that yesterday. But I know, I remember last weekend, on Saturday, at Vallarta, I'm usually sent to the store to get one thing. And usually it's in a hurry. Hurry, Britt, go get the store, get this, come back, we need this now. And so I'm standing in line, and you know they have the, the aisle cleared, you can't get right next to each other, and so you're standing way back from the register. And the person's checking out, you know, six feet in front of you, and people are walking through the aisle back and forth. Everybody's with me? And I've been waiting. I've been waiting. I had my item. I was ready to pay. And from the right comes this woman holding as many frozen ice cream treats as she possibly can, stacked full of boxes, and she just comes right in front of me and just drops all of her boxes right on the belt, right on the register. And I'm back here, right? I'm like, well, she probably didn't see me. She doesn't realize that we're all waiting in line. There are people behind me in line. And I'm like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And I'm thinking, wow, I, this is good. I initially didn't say anything to her. I was like, it's okay. I'm just going to let her go. I'm not even going to say, ma'am, you just got in front of me. But that's okay. That's okay. I'm just going to let her go. I'm just going to let her have that spot. And then she leaves her spot. 
goes back to the freezer aisle to get more ice cream and then brings it and puts more down in front of me to check out additional items and I'm still waiting. I did not think good things about that woman. We'll get to that later. But I was like, again, I've got to decide again. Like, I, I decided to let her go in front of me and not say anything. And now here she is doing it again. Am I going to decide again to allow her to do this to me, to go in front of me, before me? I know she does not deserve it. I'm sure she doesn't deserve to go in front of me. I've been waiting. I deserve to be in the front of the line right now. I know that she would not do this for me. Right? There's no way she's going to love me back in this way. There's no way she's going to do this for me. And no one, no one had done it for me. Right? So was I going to wait to make that decision? To allow her to go before me? Or was I going to choose? Not because she loved me, not because she would love me, and not because she deserved it. I'm not going to tell you what I did or what I thought. I want you to think about what would you do? I can tell you what I felt. Are we willing to do that with each other? If we share a life together, others are going to cut in front of you in many different ways. What are you going to decide? They're not going to deserve it. They may not love you back. And you may not have been loved in that way. But are you going to wait? Or are you going to decide to love? Because we will cut each other off. We will be in that situation. If we share life together. It has to be something that we intentionally, thoughtfully pursue. We have to pursue it, not just as individuals, but we have to pursue it as a church family. It can't be a couple of us pursuing this. It has to be us in our life pursuing this to put each other first, to put us first. This is to all of us, not to some of us, not to a few of us, but to all of us. And we have to receive it. This will not happen naturally. It will not happen organically. 
I know some of us want everything just to be organic and just to happen naturally. This doesn't happen naturally. We have to decide. We have to make a decision to love. We have to make a decision to allow someone else to go in front of us, to be before us. You're not going to love someone by accident. You're not going to say, oops, 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 I loved you. Oops, I put you before myself. That doesn't happen. We have to decide. You will not love and sacrifice by accident. But before you decide, before we make this decision, I want you to realize that it is not a decision that we make out of obligation. It's not a decision that we should make with hesitation. And it can't be a decision that we make with resentment. With that woman at Vallarta? I did it out of obligation. I did it out of hesitation. And I did it with resentment. But we can't choose to love each other that way. Instead, the passage says we're to do it with enthusiasm. We must decide to consider each other before ourselves never, it says never, lacking in zeal. We're to honor one another before ourselves never lacking in zeal. This does not mean. Everyone say, this does not mean. This does not mean that we make sacrifices for one another with big happy faces. With, with like, this is so good. I get to put you before me. I'm so excited. This is going to feel so great. I mean, this is just wonderful to be able to put you before me. I love it. I love it. I, I get these tingles all over when I put you before me. I can't wait to do it again. It doesn't necessarily come with enjoyment or ease. None of us naturally are going to go, Woohoohoo! You before me, baby! Does anyone disagree? It's just not natural. It will require us to have persistent, focused, and make even a great effort to accomplish this significant work amongst us and in our life together. The word here means diligence. We're going to have to be diligent and focused about deciding to put each other before ourselves. We have to be about this thing. We have to hold on to this thing. We have to be focused on this thing to continue to put each other before ourselves. We do it with zeal.
I want to make sure we all heard that. That loving each other in our life together this way, it is, it is work. But it's good work. Our relationship together is a long-term project. We won't finish it. It won't be over. We have to continue and continue and continue to make effort with zeal to love each other. Now, Nidia shared last week about our conquering of Mount Whitney. Right? That we summited, we, we went to the top of Mount Whitney. And on the way up, I stayed beside or behind my wife the entire way. I was, I was thinking about her. I, I, do you have enough water? Do you need to drink more water? Do, you, do, you need, do we need to stop? Do you need to have some food? Oh, watch out, you're too close to the side. I'm just taking care of her. I'm thinking about her. I'm with her. I, I'm trying to think ahead of her needs. I'm trying to, I'm just focused on this. I'm persistent about this. I'm going to take care of her. I'm going to do this well. I'm going to love her all the way to the top of this mountain. I want to show you a picture at the top. Right? For the 11 miles up, I put her first. And we made it. And as we all walk to the summit, like I'm crying, I'm emotional, like this is, this is incredible. Uh, my wife is embracing me. I feel like, oh, like we are one. We are together. We are sharing this moment. It is incredible. But then we had to go 11 miles back down. And Melanie laughs because she was there. <laughs> and she knows that I did not go down the mountain in the same way that I went up the mountain. And I did not treat my wife, I did not put her before me in my mind or many times physically. All right? I, get behind me. We're going down. Get behind me. I was not thinking about her. I was not concerned about her. Who was I focused on? Me. Just me. Because we had made it to the top. We had accomplished. We had summited. Now, I just wanted to get home. And this was no longer about us. It was about me. I did not love her on the way down. We don't have a picture of when it was finished because you don't want to see what it looked like when we were done. None of us liked each other when we were done. I never knew starting this church and continuing this church 
would be such a continued, ongoing decision after decision after decision after decision after decision. Do you guys get the point? After decision to choose, to choose to love. Again and again and again. And a lot of times, it's not with excitement. It's not with, It has to be a deliberate choice. To sacrifice for us. But if you guys remember, as we, we watched the slideshow of the last 10 years, all the faces all the relationships all the lives all the situations all the difficulties all of the time that we spent together sharing a life together and as I look at those faces as I remember our interactions as I consider our relationships it is hard and difficult to decide to love each other to sacrifice for each other to put each other before ourselves but it is worth it. It's God's good and perfect and pleasing will. That we would do that and we would continue to do that. None of us get a pass on this. I share my experience because that's the experience I have. But if you're here, if you're participating, if you're a part of this family, then, then you don't get a pass to love one another. This is not for some of us or a few of us. This is not a spiritual gift that has been given to some and not to others. This is written to us and we are all told that we are to sacrifice and love each other, to put each other before ourselves. And we're going to have to do that and do that and do that and do that. You don't get a pass because of your personality. You don't get a pass because of your situation. We're all going to love in different ways. It's going to look different. But all of us, all of us, have to love each other before ourselves. Are you willing to diligently, to repeatedly make this decision? Are you willing to give great effort again and again and again to accomplish this work? But it's not natural. It's supernatural. The source of this love is not us. As we look at the end of verse 11, it describes the source. 
But keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. The source of our love is actually this, this boiling over, this overflowing of the Spirit of God in us and in our lives. The spiritual fervor. It's like a, a pot ready to boil and it just can't be contained and it just spills over, right? Out of the pot. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do in and through us. We're supposed to all have the Holy Spirit living in us, right? And that Holy Spirit wants to empower us to love one another. It overflows into our lives in the form of loving others before ourselves. Loving each other is submitting to God's will in our lives. This decision to love is not because you want it. But it's because it's God's will. Not because I want it, not because you want it, but because God wills it. And He's given us His Spirit to live inside us and live through us to love each other in this way. But instead, what we do, what I do, is I try to do this from my natural self. I try and do this from my own strength. From my own abilities. Some of us might be like, no, I'm just going to do it because it's right. I'm just going to do it because it's right. I'm going to put you before me. That woman walked in front of me, I'm like, I'm just going to do it because it's right. Or you might think, well, I'm just going to do it because it'll look good. It'll be a great performance. Do you think as I'm standing there and that woman goes in front of me, do you think that I'm wondering about who is seeing this amazing, wonderful thing that I'm doing? They're going to be blown away by this decision that I made. Or we try just, I'm going to love you because I don't want to offend you. Because if I love you and if I engage in this relationship, there's going to be confrontation. I'm just going to try and love you and put you before me, just not to offend you. And some of us, at times, we might just actually have compassion for someone and just, right now, I feel compassionate towards you and so I'm going to love you and put you before me. None of those reasons, none of those motivations, none of that strength, none of that ability is enough. It's not enough. It won't do the job. It won't continue to do the job. Your supply will run out. Your compassion will dry up. You, at some point, will forget about who's watching and just choose not to love. 
You at some point will be like, I've done this so many times, one time not, who cares? I, I'm, I don't have to do what's right all the time. Does that sound familiar? Well, I'm not feeling like loving right now. We won't consistently love if we depend on ourselves. If we use our strength, our abilities to do it. The Spirit overflows in and through us in a sustained way. And God loves others in His Spirit through us. Okay, I want you to think about that. Like the Holy Spirit lives in us, abides in us. It's not us loving God through His Spirit is empowering us to love others. So get over yourself that you can do it in your own strength, in your own compassion, in your own need to do what's right, your own performance. No, God lives in us and empowers us. The Holy Spirit is the only sustainable way to put each other first. The Holy Spirit wants to overflow into our lives. But we neglect and we ignore the Holy Spirit that lives in us. And we prefer to do it ourselves. And if we do it ourselves, it's always, always going to fall short. You might make it up the mountain and love somebody, but as you come down the mountain, forget about it. It has to be a decision to love because the love we have experienced through Jesus. Jesus honored us before himself. Jesus took the lead in loving us. He didn't wait on us. He didn't wait until we deserved it. He didn't wait until he was sure we would love him back. He had not been loved in that way, and yet he chose to love us. He did not wait. He entered the world because of a decision to love. He became human because of a decision to love. He entered into relationships because of a decision to love. He entered into suffering and death on the cross because of a decision to love. A decision again and again to put us before Him. And he made that decision again and again and again throughout his life. He was never lacking zeal as he decided again and again to put us before him. So far that he humbled himself to the point of death on a cross. And if you look at the story Jesus didn't want to do it. Read the part of the narrative in the, in the, in the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus is praying and Jesus, uh, his, his soul is overwhelmed with sorrow. He does not want to move forward and to put others before himself. He doesn't want to sacrifice in that way. He asks God, is there another way? But he says, it's not because I want to do this, but because what? Because this is your will. 
This is the Father's will. If you will this, then I'm going to do this. Not because I want to, but because I'm going to submit to my Father in heaven. And I'm going to put them before me. When they don't deserve it, when they're not going to love me back, and when I have not experienced this love from the Spirit of God overflowed in and through his life. If we don't know this love, if we haven't experienced this love, if we don't remember this love, and if we don't make a repeated decision to love because of this love, we won't be devoted to love one another. We make the decision to love because He first loved us. Amen. This is God's will. This is God's good and perfect and pleasing will. That we all choose to put each other before ourselves and we do that with diligence, we do that with focus, we do that even when we don't want to through the power of God living in us. Through His Spirit overflowing into our life. Now do we want to? But are we willing? 